Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is, It Looked Hopeless, But It Wasn't. We love to talk about hope. Our ministry is called Igniting Hope. Our mandate is to ignite hope wherever we go. Again, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. You know, truth leads to hope. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that verse basically says this, Now may the God of hope fill you in believing. So the moment we believe truth, is the moment we get filled by the God of hope. Increasing hope is the evidence that the renewing of the mind is from truth and not lies. Decreasing hope is that we've been renewing our mind with lies instead of truth. A lack of hope is like the check engine light on a car. We don't get condemned when the check engine light comes on. It's just great information. A lack of hope is great information. It means we're not believing truth in that area. So truth leads to hope. A encounter with the love of God leads to hope. Romans 5, 5 says that hope does not disappoint for the love of God has been poured out in our heart. There's a non-disappointable hope that happens when the love of God has been revealed to us and been poured out in our hearts and we experience that. Our hope level increases. But there's one more thing that I want to talk about that brings hope. It's testimony. Revelation 19.10 says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, wherever there's a prophetic word, it, it is also is intended to bring hope. Gideon received a prophetic word in Judges 6. He's a mighty warrior. He's a mighty man of valor. He was given his true identity through a prophetic word from an angel. And that started to demolish the lies that he was believing that was creating his lack of hope. So wherever there's a testimony, it really is a prophecy. Prophecy of what can happen in our life, what will happen in our life. It carries power, it carries a grace on it to actually uh, create a change. That's why whatever amount of testimonies you are experiencing or releasing, wherever you are in your families, in your ministries, in your organizations, schools, small groups, church, increase it. Increase it. Testimonies in our families are powerful. Just sharing what God is doing. My good friend Dave Harvey, he has a ministry called Increase, and he's got some powerful resources available on testimony. You know, when you look at the title of the day's message, it looked hopeless, but it wasn't. I want to use biblical characters who had situations that looked hopeless. And I want to talk about them and I want to just share them from their perspective or our perspective looking at them of what they were probably thinking and realize that what seemed like impossible, they came out of. And so can you. The Bible testimonies are really the greatest testimonies. They're They're in the Word to give us hope and believe for our own lives. So here we go. Let's talk about some people in the Bible. Let's talk about the one who denied his faith. 
Peter said he would never deny Jesus, but he did three times right before Jesus was crucified. You know, it would seem that he had squandered his opportunity. It would seem that Jesus' investment in him was wasted because of this very public failure. And yet it wasn't the end. It wasn't the end. He became. He he got hope. He overcame his regret. He had a fresh encounter with God. And actually, I believe this, this failure created a humility in him, which was the, kind of like the last needed ingredient in his leadership to lead the early church. Maybe you've denied your faith in some way. Maybe you chickened out in a situation to stand up before the Lord and you regret it. Peter, he gives us hope. Let's talk about the one whose husband is making poor choices. (laughs) The one whose husband is making poor choices. Sarah in the book of Genesis had a husband who was wishy-washy and created dysfunction in her home. He gave in to her pressure to help God out by sleeping with Hagar, their handmaiden, her handmaiden, resulting in Ishmael being born, which was never God's plan. And that created further dysfunction. He lied twice in saying that Sarah was his sister, which created huge messes. This dream for a family of their own seemed out of reach with Abraham being 100 years old and she was 90. But listen to Genesis 21.1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken, for Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in her old age. Wow. Her husband was making poor choices. This city is headed towards judgment. The city is headed towards judgment. Nineveh was a wicked city, and its sin was removing any spiritual protection that it had, and judgment was imminent. It seemed hopeless. But no, a reluctant prophet named Jonah, who proclaimed, he, his job was to proclaim, hey, it's over, judgment's coming. When he proclaimed that, the city repented and turned around, and they had a revival. They had a revival. Hey, maybe you're in a city or you that that looks like it's spiraling towards judgment. We just say thank you for the story of Nineveh, the testimony, which gives us hope. Another is the, the one who had a series of tragedy and pain in his life. One who's had a series of tragedy and pain. Job could not understand what had happened. Tragedy struck his family, his possessions, and his health. His friends made things worse by blaming him. It seemed he was destined to end his life in bitterness and misery, but no, his life turned around. Job 42, 12, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Wow, what a testimony of of people who who had a, a good start, but then there was tragedy and calamity. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony of the latter days being more blessed than the former. Another, the young leader who has a key person who does not believe in him. The young leader who has a key person who does not believe in him. Mark was trying to be faithful, but the apostle Paul decided he should not be on his ministry team in Acts 15. 
even though Mark was still ministering with Barnabas, Paul was one of the most influential voices in Christianity, and this negative report would greatly limit his ministry and would, would have a cloud over him. It looked like he was going to just have to accept this key influencer that he would never think positively about him. But no, there was a breakthrough. In Paul's last epistle in 2 Timothy 4.11, it says, Paul wrote this, Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Well, you may have people right now uh, devaluing you. You may have key people where you don't have favor. We had favor once, you don't have favor now. We say thank you, Father, for this testimony of Mark getting breakthrough. Another is a leader who was the leader who was suicidal. <laughs> Elijah was one of the greatest leaders of the Old Testament. It was he and Moses who appeared to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Even so, he was depressed and suicidal after he heard Jezebel wanted to kill him. After getting some rest, God said some things to him. Even though he felt suicidal, it wasn't the end. His feelings, aren't you glad it, it, the Bible says it came to pass and it doesn't say it came to say. Here's what the Lord told them to do in, in 1 Kings 19, 15 and 16. He said, go anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, you shall anoint his prophet in your place. He came out of his emotional struggle by clarifying his assignment and purpose for the next season, which was to raise up others and to invest in key people. Next, the one who had a series of relational failures. The woman at the well was married five times in John 4 and now living with another man. She would be an unlikely person to ignite revival, but she was. In many of the Samaritans, here's what it says in John 4, 39 through 41. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. They urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of its own word. Wow, a woman who would seem to be one of the least likely person was used to create a massive breakthrough for her city and her region. Wow, one who had a series of relational failures. And then the, the one who was the least likely to become a Christian. Saul of Tarsus was zealously persecuting Christians. How could someone like that ever get saved? Impossible, many would say, but he did. And he became one of the greatest Christian influencers ever. Wow, someone who was a least likely to ever become saved. And then lastly, the young person's integrity is causing suffering. Joseph resisted Potiphar's wife's advances and was put in prison for 13 years. His purity plan was seemingly making life harder. I have wasted my life, he could have thought. God has forgotten me. That was not the end of the story because everything changed in one day. He interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and became second in command in Egypt. See Genesis 41. Wow, you know, it, it's so incredible. It's so incredible that as we look at these situations and where it looked hopeless, but it wasn't. You know, the Bible is to give us hope. First, excuse me, Romans 15, 13 talks about these things were written 
that we might have hope. And as we look at these story, stories and as we hear other stories, whether throughout history or people who are living today, there's people who are experiencing or people who have experienced and overcome in an incredible way every negative thing that you're facing today. Wow. We thank you for the hope that comes from truth. We thank you, Father, for the hope that comes from encountering your love. And we thank you for a hope of the testimonies of people who have overcome what we're facing. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. By the way, if you, if you enjoy and are benefiting by these podcasts, please uh, pass them on to others. Please make others aware of this. Please pray for Igniting Hope Ministries. If you haven't signed up for our newsletter, you can go to ignitinghope.com and sign up for our newsletter. We send out a weekly blog that goes with the podcast. Plus, we have other encouragements for you and online events. And also, you'll get notifications if, I'm, if I or my wife, Wendy's traveling in your area. Yes, Igniting Hope Ministries, we're here to ignite your hope. We're also here to ignite your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't need joy at the end of the battle. We need joy in the middle of the battle. Pretty much for everybody listening today, today's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. <laughs> joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. Either we're battling maybe tiredness, disappointment, feeling unworthy, bad news on the television. You know, we, we probably, for most, we just say, yep, Today's just not a good day to really stir up my joy. I say, no, I need strength today. I, I choose right now to stir up my joy. And I see over you, there's grace on you to stir it up right now. You have family problems, stir up your joy. It's going to be your strength. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Get with us again for another podcast from Igniting Hope Ministry. Steve Backlin here. God bless you. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.